Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, we come now to the fourth Sunday of Lent. We're moving through this holy season, and we have the privilege this weekend once more to consider what is arguably the most magnificent and spiritually rich of Jesus' parables. I'm talking about the story of the prodigal son, or what's maybe better characterized as the story of the two sons. Now, I want to begin in a perhaps surprising way by referencing one of the greatest Protestant thinkers of the last century, namely Paul Tillich. Tillich made a distinction between heteronomy, autonomy, and what he called theonomy. Now, what's he talking about? Well, he says most of us in our own, you know, individual development and in a grand historical sense tend to oscillate back and forth between heteronomy and autonomy. Now, two English words derived from Greek. The first one, heteronomy, means literally law from another, right? Heteros means other. Autonomy, autonomos, means law from oneself. So am I obeying somebody outside of me? That's heteronomy. Am I making a law for myself? That's autonomy. And Tillich thinks most of us, again, both as individuals and as, as societies, tend to oscillate back and forth between these two extremes. So on the heteronomous reading, law, nomos, is something imposed on us from the outside. So let's say from a parent or from a government or from religion. Now, most sensible people, of course, accept the legitimacy of the law, right? I mean, they, they get it, that we need law to govern society, to govern ourselves. So, okay, I accept it. But on this heteronymous reading, law is a kind of necessary evil, right? Because let's face it, no one is ever particularly happy about being told what to do. Am I right? I mean, from a, a little child to the most mature adult, most of us kind of balk at a law being imposed on us from the outside. Even if we say, okay, I get it. I mean, we need law, but still deep down, I kind of resent it. Okay, so Paul Tillich says, when heteronomy gets too oppressive, it awakens a sort of reaction in the direction of autonomy or self-rule. Now, it's something that, that Americans and most moderns in the West readily understand. Think in our own cultural history, you know, don't tread on me. There's the, that great American attitude of autonomy, right? That's Americans speaking to the heteronymous power of Great Britain. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tread on me. I'm a law unto myself. 
I walk to the beat of my own drum. Isn't it interesting, everybody, again, I'm speaking as an American, that we just sort of naturally resonate with that kind of language, don't we? You know, I'm my own person. I walk to the beat of my own drum because it's very deep in us, the value of autonomy. I mean, this is the abiding philosophy, you might say, of our culture. Think of the stress we place on freedom. Freedom is just another word for autonomy, right? I, I'm free. I can make my own law. Okay. Now, if the shadow side of heteronomy is clear enough, namely some kind of tyranny, so the shadow of someone else telling me what to do is that that person or that institution becomes tyrannical. They just start bossing me around and imposing themselves on me. But I would say, and again with Paul Tillich, the shadow side of autonomy should be equally evident. Namely, a kind of chaos and relativism, right? I'm a law unto myself. Well, that's kind of a, a short route to chaos, isn't it? And especially if you're living in a society of people, all of whom feel, I got the right to determine what I'm going to do. I mean, disorder will follow pretty rapidly from autonomy. Now, do you see Paul Tillich's point, which I think is, is dead right, is when we oscillate this way, that, or I should say, because these two things have a shadow side, we tend to oscillate back and forth. So when autonomy gets a little bit too crazy, trust me, someone will come along and start imposing order. And we'll say like, okay, I guess we need that. Then, then when that becomes too tyrannical, there's going to be a rebellion in the direction of autonomy. And so we kind of go back and forth. All right. Is there a solution to this dilemma? And, and Paul Tillich says, yes, there is a way out, a solution. What he calls theonomy. Right? Theos means God in Greek, theonomy, or the rule of God. Now, what does he mean? And why is this the, the solution to the problem? Well, is God other to us? Of course, of course, God is totally other. God is transcendent. God, God's not the same as, as my soul. And so, therefore, there's something like heteronomy when I say God rules me. But, but. God is not, and I've said this a hundred times to you, God is not competitive with us. God is not other in the ordinary sense. Rather, God abides within the depths of my own self. And God's closeness to me, remember the burning bush from last week, God's closeness to me awakens what is most beautiful and radiant in me. Do you see how theonomy, rule by God, has, if you want, the best of both heteronomy and autonomy? It's a liberation to discover my true self, surrender to God. Okay, now I know, if you've been listening to me so far, you're saying, okay, Bishop, that's fine, but it all sounds pretty abstract. <laughs> well, look now through this lens at this very familiar story of the prodigal son. And you'll see, I think, these dynamics on very clear display. And I want to show it to you by doing something that preachers very rarely do, and that is to start with the older brother. So let's kind of reverse the, the narrative momentum and begin with the older brother. You'll see why now in a second. By his own admission, this older brother 
has been a faithful follower of the Father's law, right? He's done dutifully what his Father has asked him to do. So if the Father represents God, as he, as he clearly does in this story, the older brother has appropriated the divine law, but in a very heteronymous way. You see what I mean? God as this other who is imposing his will on a sort of reluctant uh, subject. Now, how do we know this? Well, it's obvious in the terrible attitude of the older brother. Has he found joy and deep fulfillment in doing his father's will? No, no, it's clear. He's experienced it as, as oppressive and alienating. Listen to him. I've slaved for you. Beautiful. Can there be a clearer evocation of the heteronymous attitude? God is this, is this tyrannical master, and I've been slaving for you all these years. What does the Father, again, symbolizing God's love, do? He invites him to join the party. I mean, son, don't you know everything I have is yours? Come, come to the party. In other words, he's saying in a sort of plaintive way, please don't think of me as a slave driver. Don't think of my law as something that you've had to kind of grudgingly accept. Don't think of yourself as a slave. Rather, appreciate the surrender to my will, listen now, as the key to your own deepest joy. There, there's the hinge on which this whole story turns, right? Appreciate the surrender to my will, not as heteronymous oppression, but as the key to your own deepest joy. Now, can you see how, in a way, the older brother is stuck at the level of a child? Think of a little child in relation to his parents. Well, yeah, he accepts their law in a kind of heteronymous way. There's this imposition of the law of a more powerful person. I don't really get it. I don't really agree with it, but I'll accept it. You know, It's the attitude of a little child. Now, parents, listen to me. You know what I'm talking about. What typically happens as that child who's been going along with the heteronymous law for a long time, has been faithfully following his parents' demands all his life, becomes a teenager, <laughs> right? You know. That teenager, he or she, will tend to oscillate in the direction of radical autonomy. We saw it politically earlier, don't tread on me. Well, every teenager in the world at some point says that to his parents, right? I'm tired of your laws. I'm tired of you imposing your will. Don't tread on me. Don't tell me what to do. Now, as every good parent knows, this to a degree is, is understandable, even laudable. I mean, what good parent wants to keep their kids always at the level of like a little seven-year-old? You don't want your kids remaining forever in the stance of slavish obedience. But what happens, of course, typically is teenagers usually overdo it. Now, now, with that in mind, you see why I decided to move from the older brother to the younger brother. If the older brother's like a little child, always obeying, always doing, you know, following the law, the younger brother in the story is like a teenager. Father, give me my share of the inheritance coming to me. Give it to me now. I'm going off on my own. I'm leaving home. I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> Yet every parent recognizes that move. 
in this autonomous frenzy, what does the young kid do? Well, what young kids, teenagers have been doing from time immemorial, he makes a mess of things, right? He spends all the money on the most trivial things or on immoral things, on loose living. And before you know it, he's in a desperate, chaotic state. The older brother is in this sort of heteronymous desert of, of resentment. The younger brother is in the autonomous desert of, of rebellion and chaos. What does the father do? The father who symbolizes the love and presence of God is he draws this errant teenager back to the party. Put the ring on him. You know, he embraces him. Kill the fatted calf for him. We must celebrate. The son of mine was lost and he's been found. You see how both sons are being drawn from these two extremes, heteronomy and autonomy, into theonomy, into allowing God to become the law and the norm of their lives. And what does that look like, everybody? Listen, what does that look like? It looks like life and life to the full. That's the party to which the father invites both of his errant sons. What a good reflection this is, this story for Lent. Because see, we're, if Tillich is right, and I think he is, we tend to oscillate between these two extremes. We, we, we move into the heteronymous desert and the autonomous desert. Take a good hard look at both those extremes and then find the courage to surrender to the theonomy that gives you life. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.